This is the B&J Podcast. Parents, don't let your children listen to this fucking filth. Fucking filth. Fucking filth. Just tell me what 
Welcome to the B&J Podcast. I'm Jay. I'm B. And we just heard Pig, a.k.a. Raymond Watts, do his jazzy cover of Nine Inch Nails' Head Like a Hole. It's very jazzy and very groovy. You know, I was... Very swinging. Because I, I, since I'm since I was actually in the office for a little bit yesterday, I did my old usual thing of putting on um, uh, putting stuff on YouTube, and I put on the the Nine Inch Nails cover of Dead Souls, which I like, mm-hmm. um, and then started playing a lot more Nine Inch Nails, and I was actually really surprised that I didn't completely hate <coughs> all of it. I like that you, like, flip the recorder back like I'm going to cough on the recorder. No, 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 no. I, just, I didn't want the levels to get all... Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. You're, you're concerned for our, our listeners, not for me. Yeah, no, I could care less about your uh, bronchial uh, maladies. Mm-hmm. I think that's... You don't sound as smart when you have to think about it like that. No, no. I, I never claim to be smart. Um... What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it was just, oh, Nine Inch Nails. I was yeah. well, and, and specifically like, like the two thousands Nine Inch Nails, where he's doing a lot more of the like kind of like ambient like, you know, like yeah, the stuff cool. I actually really like. Um, but I'd, I'd I'd forgotten like I'm like oh yeah, there's like some of this stuff's really good. It's better if you can just shut the fuck up for a few minutes too. But he's been he. <laughs> He's been a lot more soft-spoken since he went on the mood uh, stabilizers yeah. and the steroids and whatnot. Yeah. So, he's actually mellowed out a lot. No, he's mellowed out a lot. Well, and, and you know, like, this st- like I I burned out. It's hard for me to, to be uh, neutral on, um, what was the big one? Like, the... the Downward Spiral? Yeah. Like, I burned out on that album. Like, the way, you know, <laughs> the way you can burn out on a 75-minute con- concept album record about, you know, depression and wanting to kill yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, you know, but I, and, and uh, the first album I always thought was, like, I mean, it's really poppy. It's a really pop like, that, that first record is a really poppy it's record. It's really fun, though. It, it is, um... And there are some great songs on it. Uh, Ring Finger is a fucking great song. Ring Finger, the only time is, I think, one of the best stripper songs ever written. Yeah. Um, and I liked ter- I like Terrible Lie. I think I think that's one of my favorite uh, Nine Inch Nails songs of all time. Um, I like Down In It, actually. I think Down In It's a, like... That's my least favorite song on the It's album. so... Di- it's such a disco song, though. Like... You could play. I think I it think reminds I, me I, actually, Grandmaster. It reminds me of Grandmaster Flash. It do, like no, no, no. That's fair. And I think that part of it is that I can't remember if that if it was that one or if it was Sin. Um, that has the uh, that's like the 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 B <coughs> the B side is the cover of uh, Get Down Make Love. Sin. It is Sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I mean, like I just I like it when he does disco because he's actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Yeah, like closer. That's disco. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yay Nine Inch Nails. Anyway, so yeah, that was, yeah. So I was I was listening to Nine Inch Nails yesterday because um, I was back in the office yesterday. You're you're working boy, working girl again. Yeah. Well, and I mean it's 
I had been, you know, I had been doing freelancing and, and other contract work, um, but I'm back. I'm doing. I'm back doing consulting stuff for Stockroom. I'm in office somewhat, uh, but mostly going to be working from home. The first couple of weeks are going to be a little bit more office oriented. Office oriented, yeah, because I have to get back in the groove of it. Um, but no, it's good. It's 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 good. That's good. good. Yeah, money. Yeah, money is important. Yes. Appar- apparently, people want it for like in exchange for you know being able to live somewhere. And my girlfriend was starting to get, I think, really annoyed at the fact that I kept asking her for money. <laughs> so now I get to return the favor a little bit. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I just bought tires this week, so ugh. How much did you spend on tires? Mm. Uh, I just got the back two done, so I spent what two hundred. Some odd dollars. I'm trying to think of an appropriate like a sex shop for it, but just shut up. That's too easy. Yeah. Um. So you're back working. I'm um not. Uh huh. Um, gleefully not. Um, well, I mean, you're you you have a job. Your job is to take care of your ailing grandmother. Yeah, it's thankless and uh, payless basically. It's not payless. You get paid. Yeah, I get paid. Very, very little. Yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying you do thankless. get paid. It's very thankless. Every job is thankless. Oh, this is even more so. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really good podcast so far. This we're doing, is great. We're doing great. Yeah. yeah. Wait till we start talking about Shoa. Shoa. <laughs> I still haven't finished it. I have two and a half hours, two hours left on it. But it's so light and gleeful. I know. Those nine and a half hours just go by just like that. Show up for the listeners who don't know. It's is a nine and a half docu- nine and a half hour documentary about the Holocaust. Woohoo! Yay, Holocaust. It's, Without using one bit of fo- right. uh, footage. That's it's, it's all all it is it's is all interviews, interviews yeah. and tracking shots. Yeah. And they I mean and the and the tracking shot like it's incredibly engrossing, but it's also just like I mean you feel those nine hours. There's no question about it. Well, what... So, I feel really... Well, I feel really stupid a lot of the time. But especially more now. And, um... What got me watching show was, uh... (coughs) The day before the Oscars, I watched... I finally saw A Son of Saul. Uh Uh-huh. Which is... You know, hooray, a Holocaust film uh, set in Auschwitz. And I generally don't like Holocaust movies. It's it's one of my least favorite genres. Um, yeah. Not not because I'm you know pro or you know like not because I'm pro Holocaust or that I you know don't don't care about suffering. It's just, they all tend to be sort of kind of alike. Um, yeah. And about the same things, and very few few of them are about it in an interesting enough yeah. way to make it worth the incredible amount of anguish that you have to go through to watch yeah. one. The, the the thing that uh, Son of Saul uh, would, uh, I liked about it was it was shot in almost exclusively in close-up. So you're just focused on the main character as he's looking for a rabbi to properly bury his son. So huh. that's the story. Um, but it's set in Auschwitz and um, what I did not know, and I can't believe I did not know this mm-hmm. after all this time, was just how much the Jews were forced to basically kill each other. 
And like they were the ones building the crematoriums, they're the ones building the gas chambers, or like in Treblinka they had gas vans, mm-hmm. so they didn't build those. But just how much the Jews were forced to participate in their own demise. And that and so like when I was watching Son of Salt, that just that just really hit me and and I just felt really stupid for having not known that before. So yeah, that's that. Um, I don't know what I don't know where I first like picked up on that. I think it might have been because I read Mouse like when I was, you know, pretty much when it came out when mm-hmm. I was very young and and was really into it because yeah. it's a great comic. But um, yeah, so I like I looking at and I'd seen Schindler's List. I was, like and I've read. What do you think of Schindler's List? I think it's. It was really long. It's also, I mean, and it's another one of those ones where it's it's so hard to like criticize it, but it's not. I mean, like if you if you compare that one to Spielberg's other, and I I probably need to see it again, um, but if you compare it to Spielberg's other like historical films, I don't think it's as good as like I don't, I think Munich is a better movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, Munich is a better movie. I mean, it has the advantage of being. Written by Tony Kushner, who's yeah. like one of the best writers around. But but the thing with Schindler's List, it's a like you watch it and then you know it's a Spielberg movie. It's like E.T. set in a concentration camp. <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> <coughs> oh man, and it's yeah. The, the, that's my. <laughs> No, I think that's, I totally think that's a fair, that's, that's a, yeah. and I think that, I mean, I think Seinfeld nailed for me, uh, you know, like, like what it, what one of the big problems with Schindler's List is, which is that it's so, like, it's so self-serious and so, you know, like, and such, you know, like a, this is the most important filmmaker of our time making a movie about the most important event of our time. Yeah. Like that there's that it, it, it sort of like it, it puts itself beyond criticism in a lot of ways. And I, I and that just makes me want to criticize it all the more. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm I've never been a big fan <laughs> of Spielberg's films after E.T. Um I, th- so. I mean, I, di- I don't know. There's some really good... We just watched Catch Me If You Can again. That was pretty good. Uh, Bridge of Spies is actually a pretty good movie in a lot of ways. Did you see it? No, I didn't. I'll, I'll eventually get to it, I suppose. Um, I saw that... We saw... Um, after it won, I, I watched uh, uh, Spotlight, finally. Because it was finally available. Yeah. Faith could not get into it. It's... Yeah, it's... Journalists really love it. Um, I really loved it. I, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I <coughs> I was very happy. Revenant didn't win. Didn't win. God, I can't speak. Didn't win. Um, no, and so that's... Oh. And it's probably... The second film in, like, over the last eight years where I didn't where I didn't like hate the best picture winner yeah I mean I think I think it says a lot about what the you know like like what a year it was that that was the you know that was the consensus movie 
And God, it really should have been fucking Mad Max. There's no like. I mean, yeah. every every time Mad Max won an award, there you're just like, why is any other movie winning awards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is so clearly a superior picture to all of those. Yeah, in every way. Like, I mean, it's it's more fun. It's more emotionally moving. Like, it's everything the movies are supposed to be, and what this whole night is supposed to be celebrating. And so, yeah, like, I mean, oh God, The Revenant. I know, I know we just, we go on about it, but it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And for, uh, 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 what's his name? For the, the cinematographer dude to win again for this and not for, and not for a Terrence Malick movie is like, and he just keeps winning for these like shitty showy, like bad, like the cinematography in that movie is not fucking that great. Honestly, it's not bad. It's technically perfectly fine. Yeah, it's just not like there's nothing like fucking special about it. Like you could, you know, like <clears throat> there's nothing in it that wouldn't be better if it was just a if it was just a travelogue about you know America in the mid 1800s. A travelogue. No, and that's what I mean. Like that was what I'm feeling about Avatar too. Like like with Avatar. When Avatar was, the, you know, was like the big picture and won all the awards and stuff. <coughs> no, I think it didn't win Best Picture. It won Best Director. Um, no, it didn't. What? No. Cameron didn't win Best Director. No, Bigelow did. Bigelow did, but and Hurt Locker won for Best Picture. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I didn't remember that. I ju- I just saw it because. Uh, I, I, I love award shows, but no, I and I saw her, and she, the funny thing was she was seated right in front of James Cameron. Yeah. Well, they're like, I mean, they're cool with each other now. They used to be married. Yeah. <laughs> she used to be, I mean, like, I used to really hate her as a director. Yeah. I, I I liked, and I've liked both of her last two movies. I thought I thought both Zero Dark Thirty and uh, um, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker were, were, were both really yeah. good. I actually think Zero Dark Thirty gets a lot of shit that it shouldn't get. Because I think that movie is fucking way better than it should be. Um, I still have to watch Zero Dark Thirty, but I did watch Hurt Locker uh, this last year, and no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Oh, no, it's very good. I mean, it's and it's always like it's one of those things where, and I kind of I don't like war movies. So here's the thing, like the the things that it got attacked on are the things where you're just like, what the fuck, like. You know, like if people are like, oh, well, bomb disposal is not like that. Like, do you know what movies are? Do you, do you understand the difference between fucking fictional filmmaking and documentary? <coughs> and I had, I was thinking a lot about that because of, because of, especially because of this week's uh, uh, OJ show, which is highly dramatized. But God, it was so good. It was about Marsha, right? This Focus is the Marsha one, yeah. Marcia, Marcia. Mm-hmm. Which was the actual title of the episode? Was, oh, it was Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I haven't watched this uh, this past week's. So. Oh, you haven't? No, not. Oh yet. God, it's so good. I think it might be my favorite episode really? so far. Um, um, I mean, both the. But it's such, that's such a fantastic show. What OJ? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! It it's, is so. Fan- it's so good. And I just thought it was a little funny that the knife was found, like, last week. Well, it was found in, like, when they demolished the, when they demolished the house and given to a fucking, you know, uh, L.A. cop who then held on to it for 20 years. Which, you know, if you want to know why O.J. got off, 
that's part of that a culture right there is part of the reason so that's like the amazing thing to me is like you know like especially like looking like you know because i've been because i've been kind of going through all the the flotsam that appeared in the wake of the of the oj thing with with um uh bugliosi and uh, all Bugliosi stuff, which is really hard on the prosecution, kind of fairly so too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm listening to the audiobook of the Jeffrey Tubin book yeah. uh, that it's that it's based on, which is which is per- good, not as good as the show. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm still finishing off my sickliness. Great. Yeah. So Great. Hope, hopefully you'll get this ill. This is peachy. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but what? Yeah, what's amazing to me is that all these all these white people, and to a person, they're white people who have who are just constantly shocked, astonished, outraged about the verdict. And I understand that because you know there's a guy who fucking got away with murder out there. There's no question about that in my mind. But to also then not ever be able to understand why a rational person might make the decision that maybe this guy didn't do it. Like when you, when you do have like all of these really fucking questionable things happening where again, you know, like, look, like I, my, you know, my life experience tells me that most of those things are things that (coughs) don't add up to someone being framed. They're stupid procedural mistakes. They're people being bad at their jobs. They are, you know, like bad luck and weird things, but I can 100% see why, you know, like why someone who has been, you know, like who who has been and everyone who looks like them has been fucking harassed by like the super racist LAPD of the nineties and, and super corrupt LAPD of the nineties. Like I 100% see why they'd be like, yeah, maybe, maybe they fucking framed that guy. <laughs> so when the trial was actually going on, mm-hmm. What 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 were you feeling during during the actual trial? Interest. So interestingly, I was big on the you know I think we need to give the benefit of the doubt. I actually had had convinced myself through the entire trial that OJ probably didn't do it. What's interesting about that is that at the moment that they read the verdict like my my fucking immediate gut react gut reaction and what i said out loud was congratulations oj you just got away with murder <laughs> and that's when i realized i'm like wait a minute i totally didn't buy that story ever actually <laughs> so it was like it was just super weird like yeah like just just how you know like how much even just how much you hide from yourself in terms of like what you think and what you believe so I remember at the time, like, I, I knew O.J. was guilty. Yeah. And the fact that he was found innocent just shocked me at the time. I, I was, like, I didn't see how it was possible. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, also, I wasn't that invested in the trial. Like, I didn't <coughs> watch the recaps. I didn't watch Jay Leno with his dancing Edos. Like, <laughs> I, did, I, I just was not tuned to that, so... I just figured, you know, the facts, you know, the knife, the glove, yada, yada, yada. Okay, he's guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as, as I'm watching this show, 
now I'm now I'm realizing that oh here at one point I'm like okay here's a prosecution oh the defense is really fucked up they're bringing this up and then now as the show's going on I'm like no the defense has a point you know and I'm so it's very very odd for me just seeing all the nuances in the show mm-hmm. and just going oh they have a point there so no and they, I mean they behaved in a completely like very ethically dubious, like scorched earth kind of oh fucking God, yeah. kind of way. But at the same time, like the the part that interests me in terms of in terms of the like like where the where the trial went was the people who are just like, what God, like like how can you believe that like LA, you know, like like the, the LAPD is this corrupt, like there's just there's just no evidence for it that like this this kind of thing would never happen. It's like two years later you have the fucking Rampart crash, yeah. um, <clears throat> where that kind of stuff 100% was happening. Now, it wasn't going to happen to someone like OJ. I think that's a pretty fucking fair point that, you know, that it's not, that like, that that's not going to happen to OJ or to, you know, to a rich uh, black person in L.A., for the most part, but there 100% were people being being framed by the cops, being set up by the cops, shit planted on them, like all that stuff. So it's so it's really interesting to 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 see people, you know, to see. And again, it's all almost all white people scrambling to be like, but you know, like how could you, this is outrageous? Yeah. Like you're right, it's outrageous, but understand that the thought that he should just automatically be fucking convicted is kind of equally outrageous. And the fact that, you know, you can't understand how a rational person would come to this conclusion is pretty fucking, you know, like, is a pretty big racial blind spot on your part. This is why, like, I think our Griffith Park Puma P-22, like, I, I don't believe he killed that koala. No one can prove it. Um, Jimmy got really mad at me last night when I, I when I su- really when I suggest yes yes you did no I didn't I when just I suggested out a fact when I suggested that that he had eaten the koala no and he didn't eat the Jimmy koala said no yeah <coughs> Jimmy loves that mountain lion yeah I mean he's the best P twenty two is the best yeah he's gonna get hit by a truck someday soon <laughs> unfortunately uh, yeah I mean it's um, like we can talk all we want about building a fucking fifteen million dollar overpass on the on the four hundred five. Like if it doesn't happen in a weekend, it you know it's yeah. probably going to be too late pretty soon. Um, <coughs> yeah. So I think all that's proofs. Like okay, even if he did murder that koala, it mm-hmm. just proves that koalas taste bad because <laughs> the damn thing wasn't eaten. It's like sharks, when they attack humans, they just take one bite and they realize humans taste bad and they, then they go away. Well, and usually they, get, they also get like a mouthful of surfboard at the same time, so it's, you know. Yeah, the fiberglass doesn't help, yeah. I suppose. But, um, no, it's, it's like a tortilla chip. So what you're saying is OJ is like both a mountain lion and a shark. <laughs> He's in captivity now, isn't he? Free OJ. Oh, no, don't free OJ. Like, seriously, I mean, you know, all other things being equal, like, 
the fact that then he got fucking arrested for trying to steal back his own sports memorabilia at the goddamn Palace Station Casino in Vegas is sad. That's like the saddest part of the entire trial, of the entire like aftermath for him. Yeah, not for the victims because that was actually really sad. And they've done I, one of the things that I really like about the show is they've done a really good job. <coughs> on bringing it back to the victims every once in a while where they're just like, you know, like, oh yeah, this is a fucking circus, but people were murdered. Like that, the Goldman scene was really good in the episode a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry. (laughs) It's the coffee fucking podcast. Um, okay. So what else do you want to talk about? Oh man. All I want to talk about is OJ. All I want to talk about, really, I mean, because I did mention this in the newsletter yesterday, I had no idea that there was a huge competitive 1970s nightclub scene <coughs> centered around backgammon in Los Angeles. That, oh my god. It's like... And Marsha Clark was married to, like, a dude who is, like, a fucking backgammon hustler. Well, what was funny, <coughs> I, at Santa Barbara, a whole bunch of us, like, spent hours at Java Jones mm-hmm. playing backgammon. It's, the, it's, the, it's, out of all the classic uh, board games, it's my favorite, by far. I, like, I love that game. Yeah, we were, like, old, chain-smoking Jewish... Men, you know, just playing backgammon, smoking cigarettes, drinking really strong coffee that most people would just spit out. Um, yeah, so were you guys playing for money or just just? No, just for shits and giggles. So it's such a good game. Oh, it's so much because it doesn't take very. It doesn't take very long. It's. I mean, it's, it's very quick to pick up. And, but the strategy is actually really deep. Mm-hmm. The strategy is deep, and and it has just that little bit of luck. Yeah. That really like that you know that really makes it fucking a lot of fun. Um. Yeah. So the fact that I don't know how you gamble backgammon, but the fact that we didn't do that just yet another like. There's, like, my whole life is filled with squandered opportunities. Like, I could have been a Hollywood whore back in my teens. You know, now this. It's just, it's so depressing. So, so the way you gamble with backgammon is that you use the doubling cube. And, I mean, you play for you play for whatever the regular stakes are per game, right? And the way the doubling cube works mm, is that the per- Stake. Yeah. <laughs> Different spelling. <coughs> The way the doubling cube works is that you, uh, you know, like if you think you're going to win and the other person doesn't have a chance, you put the little cube on its on its little two, right, uh, in the middle on the on the center bar, and that means that uh, if they continue playing, it's for double the stake. So if you're playing for a dollar a game, it's now two dollars. They can then double it again to four, you know, to four times that. And then, and then it can go back again, all the way up to sixty-four times the initial bet. So, or the initial, the initial uh, game price. So, <laughs> and then if they refuse, they lose the game immediately for all the current stakes. So that's why it's actually really, it's a really interesting uh, uh, and kind of kind of nervy uh, gambling game. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's just. Can we bring that back? Yes, please. I mean, God, because I'm not the I'm not like the world's greatest backgammon player, but I, I'm pretty good. 
I might take up smoking again just to play backgammon. Well, we could fucking... I have a hookah. We could just bust out the hookah. It's a little bit better. No, I'll, I'll just smoke regular cigarettes. I'll just smoke some fucking... I'm pure like Non-filter, like, gawas or something. Yeah. <coughs> so that I'll sound like you all the time right? again. Yeah. Just hacking up tar balls. Like, um, I'm a beach in Santa Barbara. <laughs> Uh, well, and apparently Marsha Clark would, like, when she's smoking on the show, uh, like, because she smoked chain smokes on the show. Um, That's wonderful. But apparently she was a, uh, she, she, she would smoke a bunch of, she would smoke, uh, I'm not sure if they were Gawas, but they were, like, some, like, fucking super strong European cigarettes, so. Did you hear they're trying to up the uh, age? The they did it. They're, I mean, well, Brown hasn't, Brown hasn't signed the bill yet, but yeah, it's stupid. Like, are you... Are you fucking kidding me? That's a really stupid fucking move. In Just, so many ways. If you're gonna smoke smoke, who cares? <clears throat> I don't. No, and stop fucking taking, you know, like, either treat kids who are 18 like they're adults or don't. Yeah. You know? Like, if you can be tried as an adult, you should be able to fucking smoke. <laughs> That's why I started smoking when I was 16. I was taking a political stance. <laughs> uh, it's actually been... How long has it been since you quit smoking? Oh, God, about almost five years. Yeah, it's, uh, I just... Uh, <coughs> I know you really can't tell from how much I'm coughing, but uh, yeah, I just, I just passed my four-year mark, so... Yeah, it's the oddest thing. You still have dreams about it? No, no, not anymore. I don't. I don't really think about it. I don't really think about it either. But I do have dreams every once in a while. <laughs> Actually, no, I take that back. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be watching something like a movie or something. I'll see everyone smoking. Look, you know. And when I saw Carol, I felt that mm -hmm. way. I'm like, you know, a nice. A nice cigarette would be nice. Not like a vagina slimes, which I'm thinking she they were smoking, but you know <coughs> a good Marlboro Red. Ew. Wow, oh, Jimmy, no. Marlboro Reds, really? Yeah. <coughs> That's what I smoked. I was a Marlboro man. I smoked a lot of um I would. I smoked a lot of European cigarettes. Um, I smoked. A, I smoked Gawas for a really long time. Um, and then when I started smoking heavily, like more, you know, like like a pack a day or more. Um, not much more than a pack a day, though. Ever. Uh, but I got up to a pack and a half at my at my head. <laughs> I did a little bit. I did. I mean, I, I would go through phases where I'd probably be averaging that for like a couple of days, and then go back down. But like my usual, my usual was between half a pack to a pack a day <coughs> for most of the time that I smoked. Um, but I and I usually my my preferred brand, especially for the last like ten years that I smoked, was Camel Reds because they were just the tastiest. Now me. I was a Marlboro man. Every now and again, if I could get my hands on mild sevens, mm -hmm. I would smoke those. Mild sevens are pretty good, although they are really fucking light. Uh, silk cuts were also um, I really liked, but the distrib the distributor stopped selling them. 
in the U.S. for a really like f uh, probably about you know, 10, 15 years ago. And so you couldn't get them anywhere in the U.S. So the only time you'd, like, when people would go to um, Europe, I'd be like, hey, can you bring me back a carton of silk cuts? <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, but I, yeah. Like, Red Camels, I smoked those, I think, when I was, like, 17. Um, but it, th- those, uh, yeah, that didn't last. No, I was I always preferred Marlboro. Um, and That's then just and then I liked I really liked all the <coughs> all the flavored candy flavored cigarettes <coughs> that came out in the mid two thousands, like the 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 Camel Dark Mints. Oh my god, did you ever have those? So they're mint chocolate cigarettes. They're fucking delicious. That sounds awful. No, like it sounds awful, but they're amazing because it wasn't like. It wasn't like a lot, you know, like like you know, like fucking like like putting a Hershey bar in a cigarette. It was like just a little touch of like that kind of like chocolate flavor and and mint. And so it was just like it would, it was like smoking and then having an after dinner mint. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so awful. Um, and anything else? What else were we going to talk about? I feel like we had we had like a list of things. Oh, we were going to talk about the mountain lion a little bit. Yeah, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, OJ. We talked to OJ. Uh, we haven't talked about um, the fact that y- today or this week we buried a gay icon, Nancy Reagan. Oh God. Who started our national conversation <laughs> on HIV and AIDS? Okay. <laughs> Like fuck Hillary. Si- si- silence. Silence is a valid part of a conversation. I think. <laughs> like fuck Hillary. I get, okay. So she apologized, which is more than the Reagans she- and the Bushes ever did. I'll grant you that. But I'm sorry. You know, just because your butt boys in the human rights uh, campaign or whatever the fuck they are. You know, just because you're like trying to swindle votes from them. And they're giving them to you doesn't mean that you all of a sudden know like what we were going through in the eighties when the Reagans, when the Reagan administration was joking about AIDS and how it was killing off gay people. Yeah, honestly, like so. Honestly, I probably would. I would have been like, "Oh fuck you, Hillary," because I'm already a pretty anti-Hillary anyway. But like, I probably would have been, "Oh fuck you, Hillary," on that one. If I hadn't also just seen that fucking uh, thirteen, you know that Buzzfeed list of thirteen times the the Reagan press secretary, the Reagan yeah. press room exploded in laughter, and laughter over about AIDS. AIDS. Yeah, like just appalling. No, it is. Um, the fact that the, that they like it was it was all this fucking massacre is was a fucking joke to all of them. Ha 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 ha. And one person had the gall to even qu- to keep questioning not even keep questioning ask one question every year or so about Reagan's response to the AIDS crisis I mean it's just sickening well which and is the only I mean the only time he ever even fucking acknowledged it was because someone asked him at a press conference in 85 and the asshole didn't do it either it was the fucking <coughs> secretary who who did who as it turned out, made up quotes <coughs> from Reagan and passed it on to the media, as, as we found out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, look, like, I would say that 
for I would say that for you know for Nancy her, her failing <clears throat> should mostly be private because first lady is not an elected position. No. But the problem is is that Hillary was trying to make a point about about her advocacy and the efficacy of her advocacy as a political as a political person which there was not <laughs> cuz the the last week or so we've been hearing since that bitch died all we've been hearing about is oh what a big influence Nancy was with Ronald you know you had to get through Nancy to get through yeah. to Ronald so if that bitch was as big an AIDS activist as Hillary claimed she was then we would have gotten more money for research faster and sooner so we didn't have thousands upon thousands upon millions in the world fucking dying off on this fucking plague so Hillary Clinton can just fuck off for all I care I don't care if she apologized the fucking coos in a in a pantsuit can just fuck off for all I care that's what I have to say about that <coughs> Yeah, Jimmy's angrier than I am about this. I was in tears yesterday. Yeah, it was, I was actually in tears. I was that angry, and rightly so. I mean, it's it it, it, it is an it was an appalling thing to say, and and it's appalling. I think for for people to say, well, she just misspoke. Like, no, <clears throat> it wasn't like she just mentioned it in passing either. She was making a point about how about how effective Nancy's. Advocacy was yeah. no, no. Like I said, I try to be respectful of the dead, which is why when Nancy died, I didn't say anything. You know, I <coughs> like I didn't do the whole ding dong. The witch is dead. Like I didn't say anything when Scalia died either. You know, I just I just try and be a little respectful. But no, you know, the Reagans were awful, awful awful people. They have millions upon millions upon millions of peoples of blood blood on their hands. And, you know, I hope, I really hope that Nancy, wherever the fuck she is in the afterworld, that there's a fucking act up uh, demonstration going on right now wherever she is. Because that bitch deserves it. And I hope she gets sprayed with AIDS blood. You think they have AIDS in the afterlife? That's well, no. got to be a really shitty afterlife. I mean, maybe that they maybe call that, it hell for a reason. Yeah, maybe that is hell. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, remember, maybe <laughs> heaven. Maybe heaven is a bathhouse. Hell is also a bathhouse, but they still have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> hell is for children, and all the condoms are only extra small size to fit Trump. I'm not even gonna get to that. No, let's not. Let's not. I mean, Although, I, I will say, I, I just found it shocking that not one word <coughs> was printed about that in today's uh, print version of the LA Times. About the riot? Yeah. Really? Not one word. Poor LA. I feel so bad for my friends at the Times. I want my fucking paper back. Like, I... I like, the, those fucking carpetbaggers need to leave... I want my fucking paper back. It's, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Appalling. It's I mean, it's appalling and it's sad because there are there are still people there who are doing good work. Yeah, because you know, but 
are completely screwed because the management of that paper is giving them fucking nothing. Makes me with. wonder what the deadline, what the deadlines <laughs> are now at the times, because I mean, the 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 riots and all that that happened what at five p.m. our time. Yeah. And I know sports deadlines, as ridiculous as they are, I know those are at around 10. Yeah. So, anyhow. Well, no, I mean, I don't think they have anyone... I, they don't have anyone on the scene covering it. They could reprint something from the Tribune. Yeah. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. I just hate everything right now. But, I mean, you hate the right things, so at least there's that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, that we haven't haven't talked about. Oh, um, I don't know when you had, when you saw it, but I I just watched the uh, end of the tour, the David Foster Wallace, yeah. uh, David Lipsky movie. I, I wasn't I wasn't that into it. It was okay. I liked it. You liked it better than I did. I know because yeah. um, we talked about it a little bit last night. Um, I found it really. I found it mostly kind of boring and. Uh, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Jesse Eisenberg fan anyway, but his, you know, David Lipsky is so obnoxious. And he I have, was. And I have no, you know, like, no real interest in him. I also, I also kind of always think that, you know, like, the sort of, like, looking for the profundity of, of an artist in his life is probably a bad idea. Um, yeah. But Siegel... I Siegel's really good. He was really good in it. Um, um, and I saw... I mean, I saw a picture... I saw a picture from when they were filming and I was like, this is going to be bad. But he's he's really yeah. good. <coughs> I also thought he was probably going to... I mean, like, I thought he was going to be doing um, something a little bit more uh, showier with the accent. He, he did a great job of getting his... of nailing his cadence, mm -hmm. of, of nailing his look... Um, without it ever be ever feeling really uh, too showy. Yeah, the, I mean, I think we, we both thought it was just going to be like a drag show, mm -hmm. and it wasn't. I, 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 which is, I guess, why I enjoyed it more because I, I thought it was going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it, I should say that, like, I'm, I'm glad that there's room. For a movie like that to exist, because I mean, there's like I don't know who the fucking audience for that movie is, other than you know Us. you and I, yeah, like people who are people who are really into into Wallace, but it's not, but it's not like you know, like if you were if you were if you had to take notes to make that movie, like you know, like if you had to get if you had to get notes from a studio, they would all be like. Something has to actually happen in this movie. Yeah. At Nothing some point. happens. Like there, yeah. There's there's some confrontation, and it's not even that like, <clears throat> you know, that dire. Yeah. No. Like the big climax is actually them going to see Broken Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and Wallace really likes it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Broken Arrow. Yeah, it's not a good movie. I've seen reviews of it. Yeah, and uh, th I think that's about all I needed to see of that. Um, anything else? Oh, I do want to see Ten Cloverfield Lane. I want to see Ten Cloverfield Lane too, especially before it gets ruined for me, which it inevitably will if I don't see it this weekend. No, 
I don't need it, need to see it now, 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 but no, like. Cool oh, I went to. I, I went to. I know you care nothing at all about this, but I went to the Harry Potter theme park. Yes, you did. It was fun. That's good. Did you get a uh, Potter things up? I, I don't know. I don't know. Potter the Potter things up. What does that I mean? I don't know. I don't, like. I never read the books. I never saw the movies, so I don't know. Um, no, and and it was right next to. I hadn't been to, to Universal in a really long time, and I and so I'd never seen the Simpsons stuff there too, which is also really good. Oh, really? Okay. Jimmy doesn't care about anything. No. I'm trying to get my heart rate back down to normal because <laughs> I got agitated there for a second. It, it's and terrible. totally understandable. Like it was. I, you know, like, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I had, like, I had to watch that clip, like, two or three times just to believe oh. what I was watching. Anyhow. Um, I think we're done, right? Yeah. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we're both on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's at Walrus Master. I'm at Jimmy Bramlett. Yeah. And uh, we are going to end this podcast with an oldie but goodie from Ruby, a.k.a. Leslie uh, Rankin, uh, with her song, um, Flippin' the Bird, the ceasefire mix. Nice. Just some groove to sort of calm us into the I'm ether. I'm perfectly calm. I'm not. <laughs> um, Bye. So, yeah, that's it. Bye.